Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of A Pond for the Review. My name is Jonesy, and with me, as always, is my BFF, Noah. Ayo! Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> what up, what up? This is a very special mini-episode, or mini-minisodes, if you will. Yeah, mini-majors. Mini-majors of uh, kind of blockbusters that are coming out right now, mm-hmm. right? And the one that yep. we want to talk about today is the Doctor Strange. The Sorcerer Supreme. Doctor Strange, Marvel movie, mm-hmm. sor- <laughs> the... Uh, urban Harry Potter, if you will. <laughs> the Americanized. <laughs> the Americanized Harry Potter. I mean, that's what it reminded me of anyway. So what did you think, man? What, what did, did you like this? Did you get your dick hard? Was it? So I didn't know what to expect ah. um, when I first went in. I saw the first trailer. didn't really blow me away. It kind of felt a little Inception-y. And honestly, uh, I, I mean, I've read Marvel comics. I'm a comic book guy. I don't think that's a spoiler. So for quick, anybody quick listening. to that point. Were you familiar with the character of Stephen Strange? Yes. Dr. Stephen Strange. Yeah. yeah. A little before bit. even coming into this. Uh-huh. Movie. Just a little bit. I okay. knew, I knew his story. I knew a little bit of his backstory, okay. but I knew what he was capable of because in a lot of the major crossover stories for Marvel, he's very instrumental because he's gotcha. very powerful. Mm. Um, he is the sorcerer Supreme. Gotcha. You know? Um, and so I've, I knew a little bit about him. I was mm-hmm. all on board with Benedict, Benny Cumberbuns, as I like to call Cumberbuck. him. Um, I was very on board with him more than Joaquin Phoenix, who almost had this. And he was oh, in dude, I could have never have seen Joaquin Phoenix do this. No way. Joaquin, don't get me wrong. Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. Oh, yes. But I could not, not see him at this uh-huh. in this nope. movie. Nope. Mm-hmm. So this was definitely the right choice, even though I do feel uh, Benny... As, uh-huh. as I like to call him Benny Cumberbuns. Um, <laughs> I do. I do feel like he's typecast as the loner who's smarter than everybody mm-hmm. in like everything. Sure. Look at Sherlock Holmes imitation games, Star Trek. I mean, this dude's like above everybody. And I've heard him on podcasts. He's cool as shit. But that I feel like that's kind of what he's typecast as. So for this, I'm like, totally fits. Right. But I kind of like imitation game i was kind of bored with it very fast sure, because sure. that's all he does but this i thought he did amazing yeah i, I agree. loved this movie i didn't know what to, what to expect it's the mm-hmm. first time marvel has really gone into the mystical realm mm-hmm. you know they're trying to hit all the beats of their comics little by little you know you have uh with captain america the winter soldier it's more espionage with ant-man it's more heist you know, with Guardians of the Galaxy is more sci-fi opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and this is the first mystical, so I just did not know what to expect. I thought they hit the ball of the park. Dude, I completely agree with you. So Be- what made this different for you? Because you are not exactly thrilled yeah. with Civil War and the other <laughs> In stuff. any other Marvel movie? So I was movie actually kind of surprised you even went that to I went see to this. see this. So here's the thing. I think my... My impetus for going to this particular movie was that I have no idea who this guy is from Adam. Uh-huh. So, Doctor Strange, okay. Right? 
I have no clue who he is. I don't know anything about his character. I didn't see any of the trailers. I didn't know anything about it. And there's very few times that I actually get to have an experience of just going into the movie and experiencing something without any preconceived ideas. So that was the tick for me on the, on, you know, checking that box for going to that particular movie. My wife, a couple of months ago, what was the last one we saw? What was the last Marvel? Suicide Squad. Well, we saw Suicide, Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad. For the last mini major. My, my wife, I think I drug my wife to the last X-Men. And she flat out walked out of that theater and she goes, never take me to any of these shitty movies ever again. Whoa. She was very, 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 very forward. And, and I was we just actually like, enjoyed that for what it was uh, in our mini major for apocalypse. Yeah, she good. exactly. With but a few caveats. She's, she's getting very annoyed by these movies, sure. you know, and she's like, she basically had this giant argument about, um, you know, I don't want to give my money to those movies because it gives them my vote and they just make more crappy movies. And, you know, we go to a lot of the indie films you know around and we love those yeah. but they don't get the time of day very much so she's like i'd much rather go see those movies and pay to go see these shitty ass movies um i said well honey we're not really paying that much money we're going to a sunday 9 a.m screening <laughs> of this so you're only paying like 550 yeah. um but she's like still it's still my money you know and i'm like okay okay fine whatever and so i stopped as inviting her but then i told her i was like hey honey I don't know anything about this particular movie. Let's just go into this just not knowing anything. And she was fighting me. She fought me for like 30 minutes. Like, I told you I don't want to fucking go see those movies anymore. They're crappy. They're blah, blah, blah. They have no, they don't have any emotion. It's all special effects, blah, blah, blah. And all I told her was just, yeah, but you love Guardians of the Galaxy and you didn't know anything about that one. And then she goes, Fuck you. Yeah. Literally. Knew that you because had I did. I, I used it. I used, it was the only thing I had in my back pocket to be like, we had no idea about Guardians of the Galaxy and we just showed up. And that's so one good. of your favorite movies. Uh-huh. And she, we, that's one of the only ones that we went to do. I think we saw that three times in theaters is wow. how much she really liked it. And like, we never do that for I even movies that her. we really like. You I know? just saw that last week again. I just, <laughs> and it stays good every time. Every time. Mm-hmm. So I told her that and she goes, all right, let's go. You and fine. And did she love it? So we got in and we, you know, we kind of, you have your ritual when you go to the theater, you know, we got our popcorn and we got our coffee and, you know, because we like going to the morning ones, obviously. Right. And so, you know, we sit there and, and it comes on the screen and just from the opening images. And this is one of the first movies because my wife loves musical scores. Mm. This is the first movie she was, she noticed the actual score. Like she hit me in the arm and just like that piano and violin is Beautiful. Yeah. Right out of the gate. And I knew they had her right from the opening images of this movie. And as the movie kind of just kept going, for me, I think what they did extremely well. And I think for me personally, the Marvel movies that I like, like Ant-Man, um, is the anti-hero character. Yeah. They do the anti-hero so well. Mm-hmm. This particular character, I wanted to see how he s- silenced his ego. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's what I really By the way, wanted to see. Spoiler alert. They were going to have a ton of spoilers. Ton, yeah. Spoiler so alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you have to do that every time. Every time. Just yeah. an audio track of that. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. 
But no, um, exactly. And that's the thing that we both love because by the very the, the, the very ending of this movie, we sat through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted to stay for all the end credits and everything. She's like, no, 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 we got to stay. We got to watch the end credits too. I was like, all right, well, shit, I'm okay, cool. I'm always surprised cool. with Marvel movies. I saw so many people leave the theater. I'm like, yeah. do you not know there's more shit? 14 Marvel movies. You know there's stuff after There's going to the be credits. something. They probably just think to themselves, they're like, well, I'll just wait till yeah. later or whatever. But anyway, um, she got out of the theater and she was, she looked at me and she was like, I hate to tell you this, but you're right. I liked it. So I like it. She didn't like it as much as she loves Guardian of the Galaxy, right. but she thought it was a really, really cool movie. Um, and she enjoyed she enjoyed the character and not knowing anything about it. Mm-hmm. So from that, I was just like, "Thank you, Marvel, because you won my wife back." And she's very like. She, she, she's very opinionated when it comes We've to movies. We've had her on the show. She's great. Oh, yeah. You guys, you guys know how she is, so yeah. you, you get it. Um, but, yeah, so she she loved it, which made me even love it even more because I was just like, all right, finally, maybe now I have something that I can yeah. keep calling her to come do these things with me, you know? But at the end of it all, the character is the thing that I really liked the most. Um, so after the movie was over, I started reading some of the reviews on it and some of them are hot and cold. You know, you got the, the I mean, you got 90% Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah. You know, and some of the other, some of the things that people were bullshitting about. Nitpicky. Exactly. Very I read nitpicky one where stuff. a dude's like, well, they got into, they dove in or, you know, dove into like, talking about mysticism and magic and it really brought down the script i'm like yeah heaven fucking forbid a movie about the sorcerer supreme talks about mystical stuff you jackass well here's the irony what did else you are they going to talk good about tomato score to harry potter you piece of shit <laughs> is that what you did well i'm like what are you complaining about there you have to walk people through this because not especially everybody the knows. first one you know what yeah. i mean you kind of have to set the character up a little bit especially the first not only for dr strange but just anything mystical with marvel you have yeah. to establish the rules of the world totally 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 agree with you and it didn't even bog it down it didn't to be honest with you like it was almost what a two-hour movie yeah you know, it was like an hour and 47 minutes or something like that but even you have the montage of people learning their shit this was so it interesting. happened fast Though. It did, but and it didn't happen like a montage. We're no, doing it wasn't a like It was very important about him learning, kind of to your point, kind of like uh, getting humbling himself. Yes, that he didn't know all the shit that this, you know, God's gift to the world, right. Thought that he knew. Well, my thing to all of that too is, I think one of my biggest gripes about certain. Uh, the certain Marvel characters is like you get the Tony Starks that it's just they're always they're too smart for their own good yeah and my curiosity leads me to question are they going to put Tony Stark and Doctor Strange in the same room together because my only hope is down the line you know Doctor Strange is going to learn more about the oh, yeah. you know about the he becomes the master he becomes right the so like that he's such an interest he should be in a very Buddhist introspective type yeah. of character from that point of view Thinking about what Tony Stark could learn from that type of person. Well, what I found fascinating, because if you look at the characters of Tony Stark and Stephen Strange, at the outset, they're not that different. Mm-hmm. They're both very cocky, very totally. full into themselves, and really, you don't see it. It takes four movies for Tony Stark to really become humble. But he's in. I, this is where I'm going to have to kind of disagree with you. It's not really that he's very humble; is that he's getting he's getting scared that because of his choices, the people that he cares about are going to die around him. Sure. So maybe so it's not really about humbling, no, right? But more of like a panicky. Where exactly. Like, uh oh. He's like, this is my fight. I have to do this. Yeah, it's but he's it. always he's always cocky. 
He's always very always. sure. He always mm-hmm. lets ego lead the way. So I was interested going in this, knowing that they're kind of the same, at least initially. Sure. How are they going to tackle this in a different way and not have it the same? Totally. And also to my kind of point of, well, you know, Benny tends to always play that I'm better than you character because that's mm-hmm. what he's always cast as. Am I going to get bored with his character through the movie like I was with Imitation Game and Sherlock and all that stuff? And I thought for once his character absolutely is humbled. Totally. And you can see this change in him that was so subtle and so masterful. How yeah, he did I it. agree. Did you did you feel that – and this is something that I've noticed through certain Marvel movies, but the character arc that happens you know, from the beginning to the very end, it gets really cheesy in the third act. It can, yeah. Right? Like it gets just like, okay, we get the message, we understand it, yada, yada, yada. What I love that they did about this movie particularly is though he did go through an arc, by the very end of this movie, he wasn't completely humbled. No. But he had the spark of being somebody that you can look at him outside of this movie and he'll grow from that moment. Yeah. Right? He finally sees the world is bigger than he than is. he is. Exactly. And I love that they ended it there uh-huh. and not him being like, I know the world, I know yeah. this and I know these things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because that would have been like, fuck you, that's cheesy. Yeah. You know? And I even loved just there were so many little arcs for his characters throughout the movie in a way that felt organic. Like I totally love with the ancient one I loved how he had that moment where he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to learn so much from her. And then was it Malachi or what was the Mads Moto. Mikkelsen? Moto. Moto is Moto. The, the main bad guy from James Bond. Oh, no. no, 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 no. That guy, I know like you're the, talking about. The, the main antagonist. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. He kind of puts that little bit of doubt in Stephen Strange about the sure. ancient one. It's like, where do you think? Well, here's the irony in that moment. It wasn't even so much that he put the doubt in his head. He's even smart he's smart enough to know that there is something fishy going on here he just affirmed it Uh uh-huh yeah absolutely because he's like why are these books forbidden like what are you keeping from me why did you rip this one out you know something why specifically that everybody else doesn't know Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but i love that whole arc of kind of being like oh my god the ancient one's smart but wait a sec there's more that the ancient one's not telling me to finally coming full circle at the end it's like you know, ultimately you have to do a little bit paint outside the lines. And also that um, showed a little bit about why the ancient one thought he was worth doing all this That's through. Right. Because she saw some of herself and kind of like what that mystical world, what they needed mm-hmm. was Stephen already possessed, even though he needed to learn a lot more. Totally. And I thought that arc was really well done, really organic. I, I agree. Well, and you know, I... I, li- I read a lot about Buddhism and I read a lot about meditation and, you know, I've done yoga, you know, things like that really open up your mind sure. to, you know, and I've done acid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what I really love about this movie is it really hit a lot of my personal sensibilities from like how I view the world. Oh, interesting. Um, which is the re- another reason why I think that me and my wife liked it a lot because it was a, it was about being is about gratitude mm-hmm. more than anything else and being grateful for where you're at and having a, having this life and being willing to go outside of yourself and make it about somebody else. Yeah. Which I was just like, wow, 
wow, that is an amazing message message that you're giving these young people that are going to flock to go see this movie. And I connected to it. I'm a 30 year old guy. Yeah. And I connected to that message, you know? Um, so for me having that and watching his art go from somebody that is so rooted in, in his own ideologies and start thinking about people other than himself by the very end of this movie. To me, I applaud the guys over at Marvel creating that type of storyline. I don't know if that's the same storyline that's in the comic books, but that heart in that particular story, dude, it gave me chills watching it. Especially well, Dr. Strange has always been very wise. Like he always <laughs> saw the big picture and he was mm-hmm. always very much helpful. And sometimes they would go to him for certain problems. He's like, I can't help you. And they're like, why is like, well, cause he sees the bigger picture. You know, but um, he's always he's always been a great character. Yeah, it makes um, me want to know more about him. But at the same time, I don't want to go digging because I just want to experience his character as Marvel starts and rolling world. it out mm-hmm. and personally. So for me, just from a story perspective, I was very grateful that Marvel did not hold our hands or sugarcoat. No, or and anything. I even love the story with Rachel McAdams at the end it's of the day. Nice he story. didn't get her, but yeah. he got her appreciation because he realized that he was being a jackass and once again realized what she was to him in life. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a little bit where he kept that watch with her, her, you know, inscription in the back. So he did appreciate her, but at the time I was like, well, she puts up with my bullshit. Mm -hmm. But as he got humbled, he realized just how, well, you just start realizing that he's a character full of intelligence, but yet flawed at a very deep level. Mm -hmm. Um, and having moments like that give us an opportunity to connect with him even more. Yeah. Right. And I love their arc. Yeah. You know, because it wasn't, they didn't make out heavily at the end where it's like, I've always been in love with you and we're going to stay together forever. It was more of like this appreciation for who they were despite his flaws. Yeah. To who they were for each other. Uh Totally. Um, the thing that I also loved coming back to some of that relationship, stuff you know he wore this watch that was very important to him because he know he 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 knows he screwed up yeah um and he wanted to keep a piece of too prideful to say anything and he wanted to keep her close to him but this this is what i love about this particular character if you dig a little bit deeper into who he is the first act of this movie some of the theme that was echoing throughout that first first act was it's not worth my time it's not worth my time it's not worth my time whatever i'm doing is not worth my time not worth my time this girl that i probably should be with she's not worth my time this this that I could save not worth my time. Sexy this, exactly. It's not worth my time is one of the biggest things where somebody, you know, he's having a watch. He's, he, 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 there's a shot where they pull out this drawer and there's just this myriad of beautiful watches mm-hmm. just kind of spinning on their own little yeah. axis is really cool. Visual eye candy for the film. And he picks this one watch or whatever. You realize that this guy's world is rooted around time. Mm-hmm what he does with it, what he doesn't do with it, where he spends it, where he doesn't spend it. And the irony that encompasses that ideology when he jumps into this world where time is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much in a story like this because you have an opportunity for us to take a character and really, really take something that he's rooted who he is in and rip it away from him. Be like, guess what? It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Mm -mm. All that stuff about time and what have you. I love that. I love that they were able to build a character within that type of uh, that flaw. 
Yeah, and that was the main catalyst for the disciples of Dormammu. I mean, they're saying, you know, time is is our enemy. You know, the the thing that he's been structured his whole life, that's being called to question. Mm-hmm. And he actually was able to flip the script on that, mm-hmm. which the more I thought about it after the movie, the more I just kept loving how clever it was, how he resolved the issue with Dormammu. Totally. I thought that was so genius. And it's such a simple, like, we talk in, our, in the movie business about plants and payoffs, right? When we're writing a story, ultimately what we want to do, guys, if you if you guys are writers out there, if you pay attention to movies, they're setting things up in the first act being a, a plant, something that we see, so, uh, something that is said. And then later on in the movie, those things usually come back in a very, very wonderful way, paying it off for us, earning that moment that makes us feel so satisfied. Yeah. And they set up the last kind of big battle without it ever being an actual battle. Right. It was because the, it was, it was more of a battle of wits. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How was, does one of the smartest men in the yeah, world, it was totally intelligent, you know what I mean? Defeat, de- defeat an intergalactic being. And at the same time, it was so well planned and you see it just very subtly over the course of a few of the scenes. And then when it pays off at that moment, well, cause the first so time satisfying. he did it, he got in trouble for manipulating time. Right. He got in trouble. Like you can't do that. Like that's forbidden. And you know, then he had the meeting or had the little talk with the ancient one when right. they're outside of their bodies saying, you know, sometimes you have to, which was really quick was, was an absolute beautiful scene. Uh huh. An absolute wonderful moment that I don't ever see happening in Marvel movies where they get very intimate with one another, mm-hmm. but in not a cheesy way, in no. a very soulful, like yeah. um, spiritual way. And that scene to me, that that scene was the biggest one that kind of held out in my yeah. in my mind throughout the whole thing. Sorry, just continue. watching the the lightning, the lightning come in like slow motion. Yeah. I was just like. Oh. Yeah. Killing it, guys. You're killing it right now. But yeah, so that's that's you know, when she basically said, you know, sometimes you have to bend the rules a little bit mm-hmm. and you kinda understand that. So for him initially to get a little bit in trouble for it, to being that was the solution. Right. Which by the way, the special effects where they're going backwards but fighting forwards Amazing. The best special effects I've seen since the first Matrix. Now, did you did you find choreograph like, right? Did you find were they using? I mean, obviously there were sequences in here that were very heavily CGI, but were they they were using a lot of practicals throughout like this it. movie too, Certainly right? Because I until they got into like the stratosphere, you know, the universe and things like that. I didn't really, the CGI never really like. It looks like mostly practical stuff. Yeah, I didn't really draw too much attention to it. So, versus the other way around. Gotcha. Yeah, dude. I I like that. I mean, some of the stuff you you can kind of notice, but it didn't, it wasn't one of those things where, like like in Catwoman, where we're just like, oh, Jesus, it's super obvious. It was very well weaved Mm -hmm. into the the mezzanine, if you will. But what I loved about the climax was he was able to use some of his vintage Doctor Strange ego, you know, with the newfound intelligence of learning it's not all about him and there's more to it. He was able to merge those two, his past and his present self, to defeat this. Even him saying, like, I came to bargain. At first you're like, oh, he's going to sacrifice something. I mean, and he does. Like, he dies uh, hundreds of times. But we don't even know how many times he does it. But the bargain is really his old ego being like, 
I'll let you off the hook. Tell you what, this is what I'm going to do for you if you do this. So at first, when you think he's going to basically grovel to Dormammu, then it's like, no, dude, like, I'm going to stop you being a slave. Because I love that when Dormammu's like, you did. What's going on? <laughs> he just seemed like like that main character just felt like the biggest meathead ever. He was just like, "You be's my slave." And then by the time he realizes, like, how do I get like, out? How do you yeah. release me? Release me? He's like, "Wait a minute, me, you slave." Yeah, <laughs> it's like caveman it. talk. You yeah, know? I loved it, and I, I was agree. a little worried when I saw that big cloud of the from the other dimension because mm-hmm. I was having horrible uh, post-traumatic flashbacks from the Green Lantern. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. And I was like, oh, damn it. Um, Also, we talked about this before. A lot of big-budget movies, like the recent Star Trek and the Ghostbusters, the climax, it feels like they feel pressured to shove everything at you, like everything goes wrong, and you're like, well, there's no yeah. way that these few characters can resolve all, all of, this. of this. So when I saw it, I was a little like, oh, no, they've been doing so well, but the way they did it was just phenomenal. Well, it was what was really cool about it, too. Again, it's about a lot. About a lot. We, he gets to the final battle. Usually, most people are going to be like, well, we want to see the final battle. Let's see the final battle. No, 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 no. We saw the abridged version, the the aftermath of the battle. Yeah stops time and then rewinds it backwards and you're watching the battle going backwards in time to a particular point and then he's able we don't even there's not even a big battle that we actually see and that's what i love it's an implied battle it's about intelligence it wasn't brute force we're not talking batman versus superman here we're talking intelligence right and that's the that was the battle that ended up winning at the very end of this movie and ultimately completing this the arc of this character and even him, like, just being willing to die over and over and over again was, was totally different was totally than what different. at the start, yeah. of his, uh, start of the movie he'd do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all about him versus this. It was like he legitimately did it for everybody. Yeah, dude. But I loved it, man. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much we can jerk this thing off. I'm I'm willing to do it till I chafe. <laughs> I just, I loved it. I was blown away by it. Yeah, And dude. I thought all, I thought the, all the characters were great. Oh, the other thing I want to bring up is I loved, for one, two things. There are two things. So, I love how completely different this is than the other Marvel movies, but yet, thanks to Kevin Feige, it still fits within the cinematic It universe. still feels like it. It still feels like a Marvel movie, though. Right. But in a way where, like, even if you don't like Marvel movies, you could enjoy this. Just on its own. Yeah. I agree. Whereas... There are certain other movies where it's like you have to see this one to appreciate this one or you have to really love this one to appreciate this one. This is standalone but yet still fits in that world perfectly. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I also loved how the humor didn't stop the pacing. Dude, thank you. That's huge because with like Batman versus Superman and with Suicide Squad, whenever they try to do the jokey jokes, it would be like, like it would sputter the pacing. Mm -hmm. And this, you have the scene where the, where his uh, cape doesn't want him to grab the (laughs) ax. And that's in the middle of an intense scene. Yeah. And it doesn't mess up the pacing. Yeah. Did you get a lot of people laughing? Yeah. Dude, I did too. I was just like, that's fucking cool, man. And that cape had a, it was very reminiscent of the carpet, 
the magic carpet yeah, from, from Aladdin, Aladdin. Uh-huh. and I loved it. I yeah, thought it was. And that's wonderful. not from the from the comics. That no? was for the movie where the cape had its own was sentient. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, so but, they kind of stretch it a little bit uh-huh. there. But to be honest with you, I love that character. Well, I thought it was great. Yeah. It's the only thing that's going to save his ass. And I think it legitimized him with the rest of the people because, like, it chose you. Uh huh. Like you, you know? belong here. Yeah. It yeah. knows that. It knows that you are worthy of being a sorcerer supreme. Totally. But I loved all the humor. I loved it. And I think one of the things that helped it was a lot of the humor was humbling towards him or messing with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had like when he tried to go badass by putting the collar up and the thing like brushed his face. He's like, stop it. So same thing with the with and the, he tried like it was everything that was quieting his ego. Yeah. The moment with him flipping his collar, yep. trying to be badass, you know, his ego kicking in, and then it shut it up. Uh-huh. You know, every time something like that, that happened, it was really that great. I thought that was a smart way to do the humor, where it was still kind of humbling him, even in like a humorous way. Yeah, I didn't think about it from that point of view, but yeah, I totally see that. Yeah, that's so funny. I was just at the end of the movie, I was really impressed because sometimes in action movies, the humor feels forced. Totally. You know, whereas this, it just, it didn't stop the, you know, it didn't stop the pacing. And I think it enhanced the movie. And I was really impressed with that. Cause that's a, that's not an easy, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So I thought they did great. Well, man, there it is. There it is. Go see it guys. It. See Go see movie. that movie. Uh, we highly recommend it. It was really, if you guys didn't catch it from hearing us, we have boners right now oh, because totally. this is one of our, at least one of my favorite Marvel movies. It's up there for me. So there's three of my favorite Marvel movies that have come out. Ant-Man, Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy, and now this one. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm not surprised. They're all mm. they're all individual but yet still fit into the Marvel world. And they're all anti-heroes. So maybe oh, if you get a theme of what I like. <laughs> <laughs> so, go see it guys. Go see it and if you've seen it, let us know what you thought about it. Yeah, please. Or go see it again. Or go see it a second time. Yeah, exactly. They'll appreciate it. Well, thanks Jonesy. Well, thank you, man. Till next time. Till next time. We out.